0: Now, this morning, I want us to do something a little bit different than normally uh, in, the, in my preaching. I'm going to use an Old Testament text to preach on Jesus. Uh, it all goes together, folks. Uh, the uh, Old and the New Testament, the inspired and Aaron and infallible Word of God, and oftentimes. We get confused, and I hope today I won't confuse it more. I hope I will simplify it as we open our Bibles together to the 116th Psalm. This Psalm happened to be my father's favorite chapter in the Bible. Many, many times as I was growing up, he would refer to it in all kinds of situations that we found ourselves in, anywhere from being fishing or hunting or traveling or sitting at the table or driving in a car or having serious discussion, how this Psalm really spoke to him and how it speaks to all of us. So I wanna go to the 116th Psalm. I will be using most of the Psalm. I'm not gonna read it in its entirety in the beginning, but I do want to get you to pay very close attention. Maybe if you take notes that you might pick up some things Uh, that will help you greatly. Verse 1 simply says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. That's the way it starts. What I want us to get today is how the psalmist set for us a very, very strong teaching. As David Was able to communicate with God, the Father, and as he would pray, he always had a very close relationship with God. And he knew God. And my first question this morning to me and to you is what kind of a God do we serve? What kind of God do you serve? What kind of God do I serve? Answer that question to yourself for just a moment. What kind is he? Is he a personal God? Is he the man in the sky? Is he someone way off and you have no concept of who it is? All you know is I believe in God. And what you're really saying is I believe that there is a God, but I really don't know much about that God. That's not where you want to be. You want to know him. You want to know him in his entirety. The psalmist said in the 116th psalm, verse 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? Now, question number two is, now that you know who that God is that you say I believe in God, question number two is, what what kind of a relationship do you have with that God that you believe in? What kind? Is your idea is God is something you call upon when you get in trouble? If you get sick, if there's a death, if there's a financial problem, if there's a threat, is that what God is to you? Again, I want to repeat it. What is your relationship to the God As to whatever you think God is. Is it something that is biblical? Or is it something that you have made up? Do we really know God? Do you know God? Do I know God? When we speak of the great Jehovah God of the scriptures. We immediately are in touch with what we call the Trinity. God the Father. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, if you say, I believe there is a God, and I have a relationship with that God, then the next question that you ask yourself is, do I know the Father, do I know the Son, and do I know the Holy Spirit? As we go into this Christmas season, this text is very, very relevant Because, you see, we worship Jesus because of who he is. We don't worship him just because his name is Jesus. We worship him because the Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among men. That flesh was Jesus Christ. God became flesh. Now, when Jesus did what he was to do on this earth. He went about performing miracles. He went about doing good. He went about bringing people that didn't know the Father through the Son and the touching of the Holy Spirit. He led them to the Father. And all during that time, he was fulfilling God's plan for his life. Now... You can't render, what shall I render unto the Lord if you don't know who he is? You know, when you go buy Christmas gifts, most of the time, not always, sometimes you get in a rush, you just get what you can find, but normally you think, what would that person like or need? And can I afford it? And you think that way because you're thinking of the recipient. Well, God the Father sent God the Son and God the Holy Spirit because we need to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But today, at this time of the year, we focus so much on the Son, rightfully so. The babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. The babe that grew up and as a young man began to do the will of the Father. He began to move around and move about and do what he had come here to do. He went into all kinds of situations and he handled things in the midst sometimes of sinners that were just out and out sinners and sometimes in the presence of the religious crowd. And it's interesting that even the religious crowd didn't understand who Jesus was many times, many stories. Now, what the problem today is some of us still don't know. Now, we've had a lot of years and a lot of study and the Greek and the Hebrew languages and on and on and we've had tents to look back at some of the greatest scholarship ever done but the point today is, and at Christmas being at this time of the year, do you know personally the little babe born in Bethlehem? that died on Calvary, rose from the grave, and is coming back soon. Do you know him? Would you recognize him? Does your life show today that there's some places that Jesus just would not go? Therefore, you don't go there. There There's some things that Jesus would not do and did not do. Do you do that? Do you do those things that he would not do? Do you know what it's like to be His child and for Him to live in you so that where He is, then you can be also? Because Christmas is wrapping up so much about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, permit me to go back to the Old Testament Pick up a young man named David, read what he says, and see if we can apply it to ourselves. David loved his God, and he worshiped his God, and he served his God. Do you? Do I? How do you handle this teaching? Now, here's what he found out. Now stick with me to the text. Number one, the God, Jehovah, is a God that listens. He listens. Look at the Psalm 116 too. Because he has inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Do you have that kind of relationship? Maybe you don't have the problem I have. I have a problem getting people to listen to me. I mean, they got their phones, they got their televisions, they're talking. You know, I've seen people, they can carry on three conversations at the same time with three different people. And you just want not say, would you listen to me? <laughs> would, you, would you just listen? You know what David said about God? God listens to me. Listen, are you carrying a load today? Do you know there is a God that is alive? We're going to celebrate the birthday of Jesus soon. He hears you. Oh, no, I got a big family. So does he. But the scripture says he hears every word we say and every thought we ever have. That's what Christmas is about. A baby named Jesus who came to forgive us of our sins but also to help us see what God is like. If I'm talking to anyone and you feel like I really have trouble getting people's attention, they don't hear what I'm saying. They don't understand what I'm going through. There is one that does, and his name is Jesus. He knows, he hears, and he understands. I want you to look in verses 3 and 4 because it gets better. He was a God that he not only listened But he understood. Listen to verses 3 and 4. The sorrows of death compass me. Maybe you've had that problem in your family. The pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I beseech you, deliver my soul. You know what the problem is with a lot of us? We communicate our problems to people that can't do anything about it. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter what the degree is or what the plaque says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And you see, you can go to church every Sunday, you can do all the religious stuff, but if you don't know him and know that he knows you, he not only knows what you've done and what I've done, he knows what we thought about doing. But at the last minute we say, no, I'm not gonna do that. And nobody else meets that criteria. We think our parents understand us, and I think they have a great understanding of children. I think that that is part of of the process. But the bottom line is, they don't know what God knows about them and about us. He was a God that understood. But not only did he listen, not only did he understand But look at verses 5 through 8. He responded. He responded. Listen to this. Gracious is the Lord, righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I like that part. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Listen to me. God responds to the prayers of his kids. Amen. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, according to the scripture. That's who we are celebrating at Christmas time a God that listens, a God that understands, and a God that responds to us. He works. Oh, I can remember those many, many Christmases. It was beautiful, but it didn't work. It, it didn't make any difference that I didn't put the battery in it. I didn't know you're supposed to. All I knew was it didn't work, and I was going to play with it all day. But God understands, and God responds. In verse 5, it says, God is merciful. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. Did you ever use those words? You ever have a friend that says, mercy me, mercy me? I mean, my family from Louisiana, a lot of people say, mercy me, mercy me, all the time, mercy me. God have mercy on me. Sometimes you say, God have mercy on the whole situation. Well, there it is. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. Verse 6 says, he's humble. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Not only that, verse 8 says he delivered from death. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Have you ever fallen? Have you ever cried? Are you going to die? Yes, yes, yes. But God is able. He can handle the situation. He can handle it. He promises to deliver us from death. He promises in that verse to deliver us from tears. And he says, I'll keep your feet from falling. Are you scared of heights? Do you have one of those phobias? That is a phobia. I mean, some people, they're, they're, they're getting nervous in the balcony back over here, all right? And the folks, some folks step in a pickup and they get, that's too high off the ground for them, especially if there's a teenager driving it. <laughs> but God says, you know what? I'm going to hold you up with my strong arms. When you're about to fall into sin, when you're about to fall into temptation, when you're about to fall on your face, God says, Lift up your arms, get hold of me. Amen. From sinking sand, you remember that old song? He lifted me. Amen. Oh, goodness. Has He lifted you yet? Yeah. If you know Him, He has. If you don't know him, he wants to. I may be talking to some today. I am talking to some today, many today. And you are just about to the end. I saw on a flash news this morning, and I don't remember who it was, but somebody everybody knows that watches the world has written out pretty much saying, I don't want to go anymore. He's announced to the world. Don't be surprised if you pick up the news tonight and I'm dead. And it's all over the news this morning. It's one of the very well-known celebrities. Isn't that sad? I don't have anything to live for. You know what? We got something to live for. And you know who it is? It's Jesus. It's not a thing. It's a person. We have a reason to live. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I'm his own. He wants to use us. He wants to use you to bring people to him. How does one respond to a God like that? Well, he tells us in verse 9. He says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You know how to keep on the right path. Know that God is watching you and walking with you. And you don't do what you might do if you're alone. When you know that your Savior, your Lord, your Master, your friend, your provider, your protector, your wisdom is walking with you. And whatever you're going through today, whatever the doctor says, whatever the company has said about you, whatever the school has said, if you take that moment and say... I am going to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be. But right now, we have to deal with every day, not just Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We must be conscious of the all-seeing eye of God. As I told you several weeks ago, If you don't want something to happen, don't make it possible. You will never become an alcoholic if you don't drink. You will never turn and become an adulterer if you keep your eyes focused on the God you love and your mate. Those things won't happen if you don't make it possible. But if you take your life and you do what you want to, where you want to, with whoever you want to, watch out. Watch out. You're playing with fire is what my mother used to say. John, don't play with fire. When I got in the Boy Scouts. I had to hide it when I was starting fires. But she taught me something in that because there's a spiritual thought behind that. Don't make it possible. You know what else he said? Now watch it. This is, this is going to step on toes. He said, I'll call when I need help. Now what does that mean? Verse 2, 116, because he's inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Here's the problem, folks. A lot of us are in trouble, but we won't go to the source of forgiveness and freedom. The chains are still there. Why? Because I don't become religious. I don't want you to become religious. But I want you to become a child of God. When you are going through that time. And I just don't know what I'm going to do. I've heard that hundreds of times in my ministry. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just scared to death. You know what you need to do? Be still and know that he's God. And get your phone and put it up. And don't call the preacher. And don't call your best friend. But kneel and call upon the name of the Lord, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not only salvation from hell, but salvation from the mess you are in. You must, and I must learn, to call upon him while he may be found. And he can be found. He's one moment away. When you say, speak, Lord, the Lord has your attention speak Lord and you know what as long as you'll listen he'll tell you what to do but when you go back and say not me I'm going to go with the crowd I'm going this away God says okay I'll see you later in this life from the life to come but I'll see you later but David helps us with this very much in that second verse And then, most important, the 13th verse, he says, I will take the cup of salvation, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Here's what you do when you go through that valley. You remember your salvation. Right now, I am talking to hundreds, maybe thousands of people, and you don't know whether you're saved or not. You do not know if you've ever really called upon the name of the Lord. All you know is, some of you know, I grew up in church, I went to Sunday school, I read the Bible, I could quote John three sixteen, and on and on and on. But you don't know for sure that you've ever been born again. You can't remember ever asking the Lord into your life. You tried to do right, you did the best you could, but you see, David said, I know I'm going to get through this because I know whose child I am. He remembered his salvation. And then he said, fourthly, in the 14th verse, he said, I'll pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all of his people. He said, I'll pay my vows. Now we have a huge dropping off. Pay. Money? Oh, no. That's all the preacher's talking about is money. You know, when it gets to this part, you start seeing a great falling away. I will pay my vows unto the Lord. Listen to me, folks. You don't give to the church. You don't give to the ministry. You give to the Lord. You give to the Lord that owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills they graze on. Who has said, I will meet your need. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall the Lord give unto your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all, it'll be measured to you again. You will never, ever, ever have a freedom in Christ until you have a freedom become a giver instead of a taker. And I'm talking to more than 50% of those that hear my voice. You are not a giver, you are a taker. Everything you get into, it's what's in it for me. My name's Jimmy. What you going to give me? I, I just want to know. I just want to know, you know. You know, you're going to pick up the tab. I'm going to pick up the tab. Well, I'll go if you get the tickets. I'll do this. I'll do that and so forth and so on. You know what? God says to us that we're to be givers because God was a giver. For God so loved the world, he gave. He didn't put it on MasterCard. He didn't borrow it from the bank. He gave his only begotten son. And what we do in life is we are to serve him with our time and our talents and our substance. And we give to the Lord, not to the need. And then God says, I will take care of my kids. And then in verse 14, it also says, I will do so in the presence of all of his people. I'm going to meddle for just a minute, but I'm sure if some of you gave up your seat on Sunday morning, it would be a major catastrophe. (laughs) My phone would ring all afternoon. Brother John, just want you to know something. I don't know where they came from. I don't know why they're here. But you need to get those ushers. <laughs> Remind them who sits there. You know, it'd be funnier if it wasn't true, right? I'm <laughs> in mean, your parking place. i mean everything. I'm just not going to be a giver. That's just not who I am. Well, if you get saved, you will be. Because that's what Christians do. They give because that's our source to, to the abundant life. Give and it shall be given unto you. And then finally, number six. He said, I'm going to be faithful. Look at this 15th through the 19th verse. Precious is in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O oh Lord, truly I'm your servant. I am your servant and the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I'll pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all of his people in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. And then in the book of the Revelation, we can read these words. In the third chapter, verse 21, To him that overcome will I grant to sit with me on my throne. The question is, what? are you doing in your relationship with the God that you follow? Thou shalt have no other gods, but a lot of church members have other gods. But when you have one God, one Lord, the Bible says one faith and one baptism, God takes you where you are and leads you to where he wants to take you. Christmas is the greatest time in the year to give your heart to Jesus. And when somebody at the office says, what did you get for Christmas? You say, Jesus, that's who I got. And you know what? You got something money can't buy and death can't take away from you. And there's no payments due. You say, what did you put it on MasterCard? No, I know the master. I don't need a card. I know the master. He's King of kings. He's Lord of lords. He's my Savior. He's my comforter. He's my guide. He's my encourager. He is my supply. My God shall do what? Supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And all of us can go away from here today. And if we will memorize this verse, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? And if we come up with, you know, I'm not sure I even know the Lord. Even though I've been at church all of my life. It's all about going to meetings and you go to this, did you attend this? Did you put anything in the plate? Did you come to the celebration? That's not what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is about being like him. We sing a song to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's all I ask is to be like him. But if you'll closely study the New Testament, you'll find out that Jesus did everything the Father wanted him to do. And when he didn't know what to do, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He had that relationship with the Father. We have an opportunity to have a relationship with the Father, with his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we're wrapped in that, we're prepared not only for the celebration of Christmas. Christ the Savior has come. But we can win the victory on New Year's Eve when a lot of our friends will be acting like fools. Because it lasts more than a week. It lasts forever and forever, forever. And I want to give you the words of the song, and you finish them, and I'm through. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Now that you know the song, say it with me. I'm not going to ask you to sing it. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Listen, this is the first day of the rest of your life. You won't be the happiest person on the Christmas tree and could care less what's under the tree because you gave your life to the one that was nailed on the tree, the old rugged cross that shed his blood to buy your salvation. And now you've got something again that money can't buy and death can't take away from you. That's what Christmas is about. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son.